0: well uh, if you're joining with us for the first time today um either here here present or even online watching along then you know you have picked the perfect weekend to join us because we are talking about the birth of the king we've been going through a series covering the entire bible right back through genesis it was great to have that video take us right back through and go through it all And if you've been tracking through with us in this series, we've finished the Old Testament and we're into the New Testament. We turn the page from B.C. to A.D. We walked through the kings, the prophets, and now we've come to Jesus and the apostles. So today we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs) Merry Christmas. It's a little bit different to be reading the story of Jesus' birth Whilst it's cold. It's normally stinking hot when we do this, isn't it? It's uh, normally in December. But you know what I think, uh, here we are in July, reading about the manger. We usually read about the story of Joseph and Mary and do all that time at the end of the year. When the world is full of lights and there's Christmas carols playing in all the stores. And we're trying to be a little less like Scrooge and a little bit more joyful as we go about the busyness of life. But it's not December, it is July. And we are closer to tax season than Christmas season. Who's done their tax returns? Wow, okay, we're all behind, that's great. That's good to know I'm not alone. Um, we're not seeing Jingle Bells today, no. Um, it's not winter, it's summer. Uh, sorry, it's winter, not summer. And, um, you know, we don't even have any holidays around here. There's not a single holiday for, like, for ages. So, it's, it's a little bit ordinary, isn't it, right now? You know, July. It's just a bit ordinary at times, isn't it? And maybe you feel that same about your life at times. Like, it's just, just a little bit ordinary. And maybe you feel that... You know, there's some people that just live perpetually like it's December, like it's summer every single day, like it's Christmas every single day. They're just full of joy and happy and and you're like, I don't have the energy for that. (laughs) And, you know, you feel that you're just ordinary. I feel that at times. We've got bills to pay, beds to make, grass to to cut. It's not like our faces are going to, you know, grace any magazine covers anytime soon. Uh, You know, we're not expecting a call from anyone important saying congratulations, but you know what, if that is you, then you qualify for a role in the Christmas story. Because before the lights and the bells, it was just regular Bethlehem. But something extraordinary happened through those ordinary people. And through those ordinary people god brought extraordinary hope and that hope was captured in what i believe was one of the greatest paragraphs ever written by a human being yet of course fully divinely authored and inspired every word we're looking at the first words of the gospel of john which begins chapter 22 of the story to us today so let's open our bibles to john chapter 1 and as you open your Bibles, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do come before you right now in thanks for the birth of Jesus. Lord, it is strange to say Merry Christmas, but Lord, it is all that, that entails is the hope of the world come to us. And Lord, that's what we celebrate today. May you guide our thoughts, may you guide our, our learning today, and may we, we, we know you more deeply today, Lord Jesus, through your word. Amen. So, reading verse 1, we're going to jump straight into John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, and also I'm tracking verse 14 straight after. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth the first big point from this passage that's pretty easy for us to grasp today and i reckon we could all pretty much get this pretty simply is the word became flesh through christ the word became flesh through christ around the year 80 a.d A sage Jew in a Greek city put pen to papyrus and began to write. Nearly seven decades had passed since he last saw and touched the face of Jesus. None beknownst to him, but only a short time would pass before he would touch and see the face of Christ again. In the meantime, the Apostle John had what very well might have been been given his last assignment, His last divine assignment. He resolved to record an account of the life of Jesus Christ. You know, Mark had already done one version. Luke and Matthew sort of borrowed his work a little bit. Um, But yes, Matthew wrote a version and Luke had written a version too. But John, however, was a Jewish man living in a Greek city with a heart for the Gentiles. And he felt the tale needed to be told again. Again. It needed to be addressed and tailored to a non-Jewish audience. The Christian movement had learned to work and had learned to walk and, and move in a Jewish culture. The founding members were Jews. The first language was Aramaic. The founder was Jewish. I mean, Jesus hardly left the Jewish region. Christianity's journey began among the Jews and reflected Jewish thought and tongue. But then came the move of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and those Jewish apostles became the equivalent of cross-cultural geniuses. They were equipped with the ability to speak languages that they had never studied and understood cultures that they'd never visited. And as a result, the Christian movement left Jerusalem and spread across, across Asia Minor like a bushfire on a hot summer's day. According to one historian, within 30 years, non-Jewish Christians outnumbered Jewish Christians by get this, 100,000 to one. In 30 years, 100,000 to one. John was a missionary to the non-Jewish people. He found himself in the great city of Ephesus. And as he began sharing the story of pastoring the church in Ephesus, he realised that what, what mattered to the Jews, well, that didn't really matter to the Greeks. They could care less about Matthew 1 and the story of genealogies. They didn't want to hear yet another genealogy like Dr Luke thought that Theophilus needed to hear. And he didn't really care about John the Baptist. John knew that he needed to start somewhere else in order for the Gentiles to understand. See, he could present the Christian story in in a non-Jewish world so that the Greeks could understand. That's what he sought to do, was to do that. And so he asked the question, how can I do this? And God gave him the answer. He gave John a word, the word, word. He gave John the word, word. And so while Matthew and Luke listed ancestry and Mark discussed history, John began his gospel with that famous phrase, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was L-O-G-O-S, logos. The Greeks were famous, especially the Ephesians, who were famous for, for philosophy. And their philosophers were famous for saying, it is impossible to step into the same river twice. By the time you withdraw and replace your foot, the flowing water has become a different river. They would say, this is a picture of life, always moving, always changing. But behind it all is a logos. It was their word for reason understanding it was really their word for word someone who speaks and manages and and things happen and and that may appear to be chaotic behind it all there is a word knowing this john said in the beginning was logos and then he sets out to write a book about logos about the word revealing the nature and yes even giving the name Jesus he said in verse 3 all things were made through him and not by him but through him Jesus didn't fashion the world out of raw material he created the world out of nothing and John said he was with God in the beginning he is the source of life he's the source of light and then if you're not dizzy by the time we get down to verse 13 you will be in verse 14 the word became flesh. And now you know what now you're educa- educated in Greek philosophy just a little bit but there you go you know you've understood that behind all of this there there is a mind a being a reason a word and then John says oh but the word became a human being. Matthew made the same point. He just did so through narratives and stories and telling us about Joseph and Mary by giving us that great Hebrew name, Emmanuel. Matthew 1.23 Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. See, John and Matthew might be coming from two different angles, but they were landing on the same landing strip. And that is, God is with us. Imanu means "us with us." El refers to Elohim, so Jesus came as the "with us God. He's the "with us God. Not content to be above us or somewhere in the vicinity, he became the "with us God. The artist became oil on his own palate. The potter melted into the mud of his own wheel. God became an embryo, the word became flesh and entered the belly of a village girl. Christ in Mary, God in Christ, God with us. And for a time, heaven's fetus floated within a female. If you like alliteration, there you go. How I wish that you, though, however, were hearing this for the first time. Could you imagine how mind-blowing this would be if you were hearing this today for the first time? And I know you've heard it. I know you've sung about it. But can you imagine the shock of someone saying to you this for the first time? The word became what? Not a light, not a star or a voice, but the word became a baby? And... he he dwelt amongst us he hung out he lived here he pitched his tent in the neighborhood now why does this matter what's the big deal about the coming of Christ why does it matter to you tomorrow to hear about the way Christ came today well you know I remember Serena's first day of school and I did ask for permission, but this is my story. It's not about her. I have this deal. I'm not going to, if I talk, tell a story about the kids, I'm going to ask their permission first. But this is actually my story, which she just ha- happens to be a character in it. So I didn't ask permission. But this was their first day of school. Sorry, Josh, you got a photo up there too, but you know. Um, uh, it, it was the first day of February in 2016. And we did the obligatory first day of school photos. Isn't... Oh, they're just both both so cute, my kids. What happened? (laughs) Um, And and I took her along to a classroom. And uh, that was the joy I got to do as a dad, uh, was take her along to her first day of school. And I stayed with her for a little while, just to make sure she got settled in. And uh, she quickly found her best friend from kinder, and they got talking and playing, and that's who she's sitting beside and I settled down at a desk and then it came and that's where I took the photo and then it came a, a time for the parents to leave and as much as I needed to get to work and as much as I knew she'd be fine there's a little bit inside of me that was just thinking I, I, I didn't really want to leave you know like I just wanted to be with her on that day you know if I could have shrunk down to become a five-year-old boy Um, and just, you know, but kept all my adult faculties. Um, That would have been really great, just to slip on into the desk beside her and and be there and reach out with a caring hand, you know, place it on her shoulder if she ever got overwhelmed or anything and just let her know, you know, Daddy's here. Daddy's here, I'm, I'm, I'm in disguise, but I'm here. I'm here to help you. You know, if I could be the dad in the next desk, like that would have just been like pretty cool. But of course, that's not within my ability. But you know, in a strange way, that's what Jesus did. God became flesh. He entered the classroom of our world. He wrapped himself in human form. He didn't become a light in a distant place. He didn't become a power on a far-off mount. And he became, if you will, the, the, the dad in the next desk. So human we could touch him. So mighty he could heal with a touch. So available we could walk behind him, but so strong he could walk on water. So normal appearing you blend into society for 30 years unnoticed in a little town called Nazareth. And yet so historical that he would change the world in such a powerful and profound manner. But here we are still talking about him 2,000 years later. The most amazing event in history was the moment that the Word, the Logos, the reason, the the mastermind became flesh. And he chose to dwell among us, around us, next to us, so that we could know him and so that we would know he knows how we feel the apostle paul would say it like this for god was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him everything in god was in christ the firstborn of all creation for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. Can you just take a look at that verse for a minute? Heaven and earth, visible and invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities. And Jesus created everything. The scales on a fish, Jesus made it. The hair on the elephant hide, jesus made it the cyclone the rainstorms the first heartbeat of an infant the final breath of the elderly all things can be traced back to the hand of christ the firstborn of creation and yet for a time he kicked against the wall of a womb he was born in the poverty of a peasant he spent his first night in a feed trough the word became flesh why why did he become poor do you think that he knew some of his children would be poor do you think his poverty sent a message God is with you why the village scandal you know Mary an unwed pregnant teenager you know it's still fairly scandalous even today the mother To be of God, she would have been the talk of the town gossips and whisperers. Did his struggle send this message that if someone turns away from you, God is still with you? God is with you. Hear that deeply this morning. There is that promise. God is with you. With you at work, with you as you sleep, with you as you eat, with you as you complain and whinge as well. God is with you always. The world changed the day the Word became flesh and entered the, the the world through Christ, and the world still changes. With point number two, the Word becomes flesh through you. The first incarnation happened in Bethlehem, but the second in, uh, incarnation is happening right now through the Church. And what God did did then, God does still. And every time you do something that Christ would have done, the word becomes flesh. In your office, in your schoolroom, in your home, in your street, every time. If you forgive someone who's hard to forgive, the word becomes flesh. Every time you refuse to pass judgment before you know all the facts, the word becomes flesh. Every time you extend a word of encouragement to someone, the word becomes flesh. Every time you care for the needy, the word becomes flesh. You are part of the second incarnation. You know, heard about a series a church did once titled, You'll Get Through This and this was from the story of joseph as part of their series they handed out these little gimmicky bumper stickers to everyone um, you'll get through this plastered on this, these bumper stickers and so a lot of people in the church in the congregation had these on their cars and a few years later the church received a letter and it read as follows somewhere a few years back my husband and i began to struggle with infertility It was a long and difficult journey and one that walked us through each step of the way. The earliest days of of that journey were particularly difficult. There were so many days when the enemy gained so much ground. My faith was faltering, my hope was waning, I felt as though I was drowning. Then on one particular day, a tough day, I pulled up to a red light behind a car, the only other car at the lights, and on the back of this car was a sticker that said, you'll get through this the tears welled instantly in my eyes i put my car in park and covered my face with my hands and i wept i wept for the heartache i wept for the loss of a dream and i wept for my struggling faith after a few moments i wiped my eyes and pulled myself together and looked up the light had long turned green and the car was gone fortunately this wasn't a busy area and so there were no other cars around i put my car back in drive and continued on It was weeks before I saw another car with the same sticker, but it was on another difficult day and it stopped me in my tracks. I hadn't expected to see another one, but I didn't weep this time. A knowing smile spread across my face. This was no coincidence. God was telling me what I needed to hear, when I needed to hear it. Over the next year or so I saw this sticker on the back of probably seven or eight different cars. I wish I could tell you the story of each time but this letter would become too long. But always at a time when I wasn't expecting to see it, at a time I absolutely needed to be reminded of it. I remember seeing one close enough to note that they originated from your church. I'd heard of that church and visited it several times with my husband. The last time I remember seeing the sticker, I was on my way to my doctor's office to discuss our continued journey to get pregnant. It was exactly the encouragement I needed to keep going, keep trusting, keep waiting. We would get through this. Recently we learned we were expecting our first child. I'm sure I don't need to explain to you what a joyful time that was in our lives. God had brought us through one of the darkest valleys of our lives and we could feel the sun on our faces again. I just wanted to reach out, tell you my story and say thank you. I hope you're reminded today that no act of obedience to God is in vain and God can use even a simple sticker to show his children he loves them. You know, isn't it amazing something so small can have such a large impact on someone? It's amazing what God can can use and what he chooses to use. And, And what's even more amazing is that he chooses to use us. You know, God is speaking through you and you're continuing what began in Bethlehem. The Word is still becoming flesh. Sometime this week, you're going to have someone in your life who is hard to put up with. Would you put up with them for the sake of Christ and let the Word become flesh? Sometime this week, your patience is going to be tested. But rather than lash out, would you maybe instead look up and offer a prayer And ask for patience and would you let the word become flesh? Sometime this week, the Lord is going to bring to your mind someone who might need a word of encouragement. You're not sure why, but would you please be obedient and would you just send that word? Would you let the word become flesh through you this week? And would you continue in your world what began in a world so long ago when the word became flesh. Now come to think of it, maybe July is a great month to study the Christmas story. Not just because it's cold and it sort of gives us the movie vibe, but because in winter there is the expectation that spring is just around the corner. That that something new is about to begin life is about to flourish once more maybe that's an important thing to grasp today as we consider the christmas story even if we are in the middle of a barren moment there is great hope in christ as the word became flesh let me pray precious lord jesus let christmas happen in our lives we need christmas we need a reminder of the Word becoming flesh. We need a reminder that you know us and you love us. Father, there are those hearing this prayer who are very discouraged, and there are those hearing this prayer who've considered giving up. There are those hearing this prayer who are praying more out of desperation than anything else. Great, ever present, tender presence of Christ, would you please wrap your arms around these hurting souls? would you become flesh? Would you help all of us to continue this mission in small ways and in great ways, from stickers to building churches? Lord, help us to stay faithful in this, in what can be a difficult work. None of us are as much of Jesus as we want to be, but we believe if we are just a little bit of Jesus, then we can carry his hope. We can share his hope we can become hope for others. That is our prayer, through Christ. Amen.